When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We talk cars, about cars, cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I don't want this to go to your head, but I think this is my favourite part of the week at the moment. And mine. Recording these episodes. <laughs> yeah. I really look forward to it. <laughs> I woke up this morning and be like, oh, another week. Oh, wait, we're doing the podcast, podcast. today. <laughs> I guess that's a good thing, isn't it? Very good, yeah. Well, thank you all of you who are watching or listening for continuing to watch and listen and support and allowing us to to do this, to basically get together and talk absolute nonsense (laughs) for an hour each week. Uh, If you're watching on YouTube, can I just ask you a favour? Two things, actually. Can you give this episode a a thumbs up now? It will help other people kind of discover the podcast. Um, But subscribe if you haven't already, because we we keep seeing so much interaction across all of our social medias, don't we? Uh, and, And great sort of viewer numbers and listener numbers each week. It's not quite translating into subscriber numbers which we don't it's not that important but it'd be quite nice to to finally hit that 50k mark and just you know for a number of reasons yeah we wanted to do that last year didn't we we didn't quite do it no because well we're, our sort of agenda changed halfway through the year and obviously we had the patron as well which has been amazing um but yeah i just it's strange that we keep seeing so many comments from all around the place. Oh, I've just discovered your podcast. Oh, I love your podcast. And people from the main channel talking about the podcast. But as I say, that doesn't quite translate always into a new audience or subscriber audience. So yeah, that's just a favour that we're going to ask you. If you're if you're watching this episode this week, uh, please make sure to give it a thumbs up. As I say, that helps YouTube's algorithm, the dreaded algorithm. Yeah, which um, I can't get my head around, but you do. What? Well, you know. Not that well. <laughs> <laughs> I sort of think I know. Uh, but yeah, help other people describe it, and I say, uh, then subscribe. What have you been up to, mate? What's been going on? Well, uh, I mean, I've, I've been fairly busy, boy. Oh, hello. Oh, yeah. So, um, yeah, market's picked up a little bit. Um, I think people are just getting used to the fact that the only way they can buy cars is click and collect and delivery. Sure. So, um, yeah, it, it has picked up a bit. How long it's going to last, I don't know. But, um, yeah, definitely better than December anyway, at least. I'm happy for you. Any yeah. any juicy bits again? Uh, last week or two weeks ago, you teased me with an F-Type. So, uh, what are you going to try and sell me this week? Well, that's in now. It's in. It's I actually- was looking at the website. I've been waiting for the pictures to go up, if I'm honest. But go on. It's got the really nice... 
seats, the oh, bucket seats as well. Sportier seats with the hexed yeah. leather. Yeah. yeah, pan roof. Oh. All that. It's really nice, mate. Sure. Okay, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Damn you. Yeah. Uh, GT4 come in. Okay. That's uh, the one you mentioned again. Yeah. 981. That's here now. Um, new shape Fiesta ST just come in as well. Oh, okay. I just yeah. saw TFJJ picked up one of those uh, ST editions, the blue ones. Do you see about that? Yeah. So we've got the performance edition one as well in orange. They only made them in orange. So is, is it a bit like... Because the Focus iOS, they did a few like heritage tradition, and it was it just a paint job. I remember Shmi once telling me that one of them had actually like additional components and stuff. That was the red edition, yeah. Fine, so that was a bit spicier. Mm. The performance edition Fiesta, what what is what's that? What does that? Oh, get? I just think that's a paint job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> a Lamborghini just... special. <laughs> We've got far too many of them in a field. What are we going to do with them? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 Freddie's the TFJJ one looks really nice. It does look really nice. Yeah, yeah. A nice bit of kit that. So it's nice, dad, Freddie. Oh, top lad. Hello, if you're watching. I think he does watch every Freddie, if you're watching. Yeah, he does. Legend. He's a good lad, yeah. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, I have a secret. Oh. <laughs> There's a McLaren downstairs. No, really? <laughs> There's a McLaren downstairs. I ushered you up the stairs rather quickly. Because oh, I, I was nervous you were going to put your head around the door and be like, what is that? There's it's a, inside. There's a McLaren downstairs. Oh, that's oh, that's why you literally just told me to go upstairs. Yeah. <laughs> Come in, upstairs, off you go. I just didn't want you to go in. Been all um, my stories. Yeah. <laughs> Full disclosure, obviously not mine. I haven't bought a McLaren. That would be pretty pretty major 2021 development. Um, look, I think, at least from my side, it's time to give McLaren a second chance. We'd love to. Well, that's exactly it. I really want to. I mean, w- for the last couple of years and really last year massively, we've been quite big on the McLaren bashing. We've gone in quite hard. You know when that. You know when you have gone in on hard on a car brand as well because everyone always tags you when something goes wrong. And well, this is it. Always me. And you. <laughs> it's always us. Any McLarens on fire? It's just at seen through glass at Tony Grumman Car Sales. <laughs> And the thing is, I started to see in the comments that people first were like, oh, yeah, but they always slate McLaren. And I think off the back of the hypercar episode last week, people even assumed that your McLaren F1 bashing was because of our generic McLaren bashing. No. But also, I'd started to see quite a few comments from happy McLaren owners, owners who'd had positive experiences. And look, I don't want to talk about this too much because it is for a main channel video. And a lot of this is going to sort of cross over. And as I say, I don't want to... Uh, this is a rude expression. Blow my load. Uh, too early. <laughs> ruin it. <laughs> but yeah, ruin it. So um, so yeah, but but I think we probably owe it to ourselves, to fellow McLaren, not fellow McLaren owners, because I, I said I didn't buy the car downstairs. It's from McLaren HQ. Um, but yeah, I think we should just, just, you know. Look, go and buy another one each. I mean. What I'm are you t- saying to me? I'm tempted. Do you know what I thought? Really? I just saw, well, no, I just saw Stradman do this in the US, but not for the same reasons. Wouldn't it be kind of fun? <laughs> Fun's the wrong word. <laughs> to buy the cheapest McLaren in the UK. There's a story in that. Well, yeah, and you've got quite a lot of choice. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed it would be a 12C, but I think it might be a 540C. It's a 540 it's or a 570, yeah. yeah. I think cheaper than a 12C, which is a bit nuts. So there, it depends on what you're looking at. But the cheapest one I found at the weekend uh, was a 65 grand 12C, I think. That's about right. That's about right. I mean... You need about 25 grand spare, I think, just walking into that in case. Oh, no, that, 100%. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, so, so yeah, 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 you, yeah. that's not, oh, okay, 65 grand, that's, I'm done. You need the extra 25 for when it goes wrong. Mm. But would it go wrong? Well, we assume so. <laughs> well, uh, in, uh, 
let's try and be nice. In normal circumstances, we know so. But let's let's maybe try and be a bit more positive and say we would hope not. Because, uh, and that that was my sort of thinking. You say, oh, should we go and buy one? No, I'm not saying anything. Let's go and buy McLaren's. But if it's kind of like, let's start again, let's start afresh. And that's what I'm aiming to do with the car downstairs. Um, maybe that's a thing for the future. Maybe, but no. Okay, anyway. Um, this how will long, be explained how long have you got it for? How long have you got it for? Four days. Four days? Yeah, four days. Four days. Yeah. Okay. So, Okay, fine. I won't ruin the video for you. I mean... No, but it's, it's enough... Of, okay, so... I've got things to say. But yeah, no, so do I. I don't know how to do this. We should really be... <laughs> let's re- do it next week. Let's do it next week. Yeah. Once the video's out. Anyway, little exclusive I'll watch the video. Thank you. Please do. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, speaking of uh, videos and the main channel, uh, yeah, this week, last weekend, I had a video go out on M5 Touring. E34 M5 Touring. I saw that. The Was old that one. a bit up, a, up your street? It's kind of your era-ish. Yeah, I mean... It, I mean, it was, but um, yeah, I mean, I wish they'd done a modern one. Well, Obviously. of course, BMW only ever done two M5 Tourings. Mm. Um, we now know that the M3 Touring is coming uh, in its new, what would you call that? Shark Tooth? No, not Shark Tooth. What's the name for that new grill? Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. Um, so yeah, we know there's an M3 Touring, but, but no word of an M5 Touring coming, but but... It wasn't really your thing. You, you not. I mean, I was young, mate. You know, yeah. like um, what is that card? Ninety five. Yeah. yeah. So I was a teenager. Mm. Like never really. Like, At which point, a wagon must have been your worst nightmare. Correct. Yeah. You yeah. Weren't, weren't keen on that. Yeah. Well, you and the rest of YouTube apparently, because <laughs> the video kind of flopped. Did it really? Yeah. And it, the reason I'm talking about it is that it's such a difficult and an interesting one. You know, we speak about so many different cars on this podcast, right? And I, I love the interaction, the engagement we get from people because there's this kind of like, you know, we're all car people. You like, as we know, new stuff. Correct. I like slightly older stuff. Yeah. And it feels like the audiences are kind of split in between they that. They are, yeah. Over on the main channel, or maybe this is to do with the dreaded algorithm, not always that case because I do get positive comments saying, oh, it's so great to see these older cars get, you know, the spotlight and oh, lots of your competitors or, or other channels are just always filming Koenigsegg and Bugattis. I love this. But then the views are always a disaster mm. for anything a little bit niche or older. And as I say, I don't know if that's because my channel for a long time was doing all the new supercar stuff. And over the last two or three years, the more classics I've done, people just aren't really that interested. Or It's just odd that there's such a disparity between the audience here on the podcast and then over on the main channel. Yeah, you'd think there'd be quite a big crossover, right? But th- that's not necessarily true, is it? Well, maybe it is, to be fair, because we average here on YouTube on the podcast around 30,000 views an episode. Mm -hmm. And I think that M5 Touring video has got about 30,000 views, (laughs) which, you know, is still a huge amount of people. Um, But in comparison to some of my other content, which I would usually say averages 75 or 80,000 views. So it's probably the same people, actually. I've just kind of figured that out myself right right here and right now. Um, But this is that kind of frustration where I would love to keep filming those cars those cars that really excite me and interest me but it seems like unfortunately the youtube algorithm around my channel and the wider audience still unfortunately just want to see the new supercars and hypercars that's what still gets mad views yeah because i think as well don't forget is you know a lot of these people that type into youtube they are potential owners of these cars so when they type in RS3 or Focus RS or whatever, if you've done a video on it, it just comes up. So they know nothing about you or your channel. They just watch the review. So 
how many people are buying an old M5 estate. So Very good point. Very, very good point. And it, it is a bit more niche because it's kind of like, you know, for those who know about it, um, or who are like that kind of era, go, oh, that's cool. Or mm. oh, these never get videos done on them. So there's, I, I think it's a good point. And then when you're, I know you don't watch a ton of YouTube, but when you do sort of log on, do you, are you searching for a specific car? So you go on and go, I'm going to, I'm going to look at super Leggero videos, something like that. Or do you just kind of browse until stuff pops out at you? <sighs> it's, I, I really don't watch a lot. And if I, I know do you don't watch, watch a ton, YouTube, yeah. then it's nothing to do with cars. Oh, like, like, what do you I, watch? Um, it's going to so, be, oh, be revealing. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, family, oddly, like, family friendly. No, he's family friendly. It's, um, Tommy Cooper, the comedian. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. A bit of Mike Reed. So okay. I watch a lot of comedian stuff. So like um, old uploads of their old gigs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Just like like r- random stuff. So some cars, a lot of football stuff, obviously some motor racing stuff. Just odd stuff that yeah. I, I don't... Cars is... It's a bit of a busman's holiday, mate, because I do it every day. Like I, I've kind of... I get a bit fed up with it, you know. And to be honest, I've watched more YouTube in the last sort of six months or so than I've really ever done. I mean, I, I wouldn't really watch it. I think, you know, of course, with, with all the restrictions and lockdowns all over the world, people are turning to, I think, yeah, uh, digital content, online content. But, you know, it's a, it's a thing that I've been looking at and analysing a lot over the last 12 months. How easy is it to reinvent a YouTube channel? Because in music, it happens. It's very difficult. And, and a lot of bands or artists fade away because they struggle to do so. But someone like Madonna, lol, has managed to reinvent herself throughout the years. Coldplay yeah. and U2 and all, you know, big, big bands yeah. have managed to do that. But for YouTube, I think your audience really is so honed in or focused on, on that specific type of content that you make. And then there's a, a million other channels out there doing everything else that they want. That it's quite hard. If, you, if I suddenly was watching, I'm trying to think of a good example here, but Carfection. If Carfection suddenly did a video on a boat, I probably wouldn't watch it. Of course not. Because I'm like... It's not relevant. It's not relevant. Mm-hmm. I, it could be a beautiful video on an amazing boat and be really cool. But that's not why I go to Carfection. Mm. Whilst if uh, Yun Olsen, uh, who's a bit more lifestyle, is building his own boat and it's part of his whole... St- then I'll probably go, oh, that's cool. I'll, I'll check it out. Yeah, Because yeah, it's a bit more appropriate to him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I think it's a very interesting, not dilemma, but... And we're making this, you know, this is uh, not that car-focused uh, chat at the moment, but... I just think it's an interesting one as, as digital content evolves, as YouTube continues to evolve, how can you evolve a channel and can you, or do you just need to stay in your kind of niche? And if you look at the Shmi 150 model, just stay in your niche and just absolutely max it out and pump it out. And that's kind of the, the goal or the, the, the road to, to growth. Yeah. Shmi's like the car supermarket of, of cars. You know, he turns a video out every day. He's on the algorithms. Whereas, you're more specialist, I'd say. You know what I mean. You 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 pick and choose, and you don't you don't make videos on on a specific thing. You're telling a story, whereas Shmi's just videos, video, video about something. For sure, but also uh, his channel has never really changed over the years. You know, it's always supercars, always Correct. brand new, exclusive supercars, lots of details, lots yeah. of information. Good job. And, and yes, you're right. The the stuff that and I try. He's fantastic yeah. at it, but he's also he, every now and again he's dipped a toe in sort of trying something a bit experimental with music or different presenters like that. But fundamentally, never really di- changed from that. You know, if you track my channel, even over the last two or three years from Drive the World till now, still massively varied. And I think I enjoy that. I enjoy making the content I want to make, trying different things, trying. 
but therefore you run the risk of your audience skipping a few videos or missing a few videos or not always being sure of what to expect from that channel. While as with Carfection, with Shmi 150, with, uh, who you say, Tommy Cooper yeah. uh, comedy uploads. If your Tommy Cooper channel started uploading Lee Mack, you'd be like, I'll oh, piss off. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's, just, it's an interesting one. And uh, I say, we don't talk about social media too much on this podcast, but um, something that I've been thinking about a lot and thought I would, yeah, share some thoughts. Yeah. So, anyway, there we go. Uh, now, let's move on to some car chat because uh, leaked images came through this week or last week the Cayman GT4 RS. I saw that. Yeah, yeah so we've, we've been talking about this for ages and we know it's coming and it's expected. I think the photos, what we what looked like a production final car, but as we've learned with the 992 GT3, they could be trolling us, looked good. It did look good, yeah. It's kind of what I expected. I mean, how much different can it look from a GT4? I, I thought it would look more aggressive because it's an RS version. Um, but yeah, it is kind of what I expected, to be fair. I can't just, I mean, Cayman is our favourite car to talk about in this podcast, but I can't decide where that car's going to sit. Because if you're getting a GT4 RS, we're going to think it's what, £103,000, £105,000, do you think? I think that car will be with options around the 120, 130 mark. Okay. With options. Because what does the standard, the GT4 starts at 85 or something now? No, less. Less. Uh, okay. Wait, 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 wait. I think, I think it's like 81. Maybe something like that. And spec'd up, it's sort of early oh, no, early nineties. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think you're right. Eighty three, eighty five grand. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then, so then, so you're saying it's going to be a forty grand? Oh no, you said with options. So what do you? I I, I say I think it's going to be a twenty grand hike as a starting price, list price, twenty grand over the GT4. Yeah, I'd 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 go again with it. Yeah. yeah. And and at that point, you're then what twenty grand off a of GT3. Yeah. Yeah. But it's GT3 engine. So it's uh, so it's a 500 from what I can gather it's a 500 horsepower hardcore motorsport engine. Cayman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it's a GT3 engine basically. Uh, so, so that's going to be the big difference. Yeah, that uh, and very rare as well. So not not they're not going to make millions of them like a GT4 or a GT4 PDK. Okay. It, it will be limited um I think like GT2 numbers, something like that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean that 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 will be the interesting point is if they stick in yeah proper motorsport engine in there, and there's a point of differentiation. And of course, if they limit it, my God, the arguments around who gets slots on those, oh, I, I, it already stresses me out. If I'm honest, yeah. I called uh, our good friend Alex, uh, obviously down at Porsche Guildford. Who I spoke to him yesterday. Did you? Okay, yeah. so funny. So I spoke to him about like a week or so ago, and we were just chatting about. I can't remember what we were talking about. I think with my nine nine six. I'm just catching up in general. I just trolled him and I said, "By the way, mate, let me know when I need the deposit for the GT3." <laughs> and I could hear the panic. He was like, oh, "Hey, yeah, yeah, mate." <laughs> I was like, "No, no, just, just tell. Like, it's cool because when do you think build slots will be?" And he was literally sweating. I could hear it on the phone. So don't worry, mate. I'm gonna joking. Um, because oh my god, the the panic that they must all be in, or the stress they must be in with people who are asking them for GT3s and now GT4 RSs, must be endless. Yeah, I mean. I don't know, mate. There's so many scenarios I could talk about. We talk a whole podcast about it. So, you know, they have got a difficult job, but it's weird with the, the GT cars as well because the the manufacturer, Porsche, want you to buy them and drive them and track them. The dealers say they do want you to do that, but they really don't want you to do that because they want them back and sell them. Yeah, so exactly. they want a nice yeah, yeah. one. There so you go. It, 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 it's really weird, you know, like how they... Because they're there to make money, of course. Don't forget that 
Oh, know, it's business. It's business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, but like, I would love to be a fly on the wall for some of the discussions that must be going oh, on they'd around. Be flapping. Two very special cars, you know, yeah. that, that aren't halo cars, but very special cars. Uh, <laughs> it must be real dog eat dog world. Um, anyway, moving away from Porsche, our favorite topic on this podcast, uh, SSC Tuatara, the fastest production car in the world, is back. And is the fastest man and is now. <laughs> <laughs> and is finally, uh, it. officially. So if you missed all this, uh, you must have been sleeping under a rock, but uh, last year now, uh, the company in America, SSC, uh, brought out the Tuatara uh, with the sort of sole aim of taking the, the record for the fastest production car in the world away from Koenigsegg. And they did this attempt out in the desert and it was 300 and I can't even remember what now that they claimed that they had reached with Ollie Webb behind the wheel, yep. friend of the show. Um, but then a few weeks after that started to come to disrepute, uh, lots of sort of people came out, even including Shmi and many other sources, kind of attacking it, saying this isn't right. And so SSC, good on them, decided, well, heck, let's just do it again and we'll do it properly. And they think they did it at an airfield this time with a, unbelievably with a owner of the car driving rather than with the racing driver or something like that. And the record I'm reading here, it was 282 miles an hour as the average. I think 286 is the top speed, which does make it the fastest production car. Obviously, a little bit far off the 300-odd miles an hour. 316, was it something Something, like that? yeah, something yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. But they had less space and blah, blah, blah. So there we go. Well done. Put to bed. I think it's good that they did that. Brave of them to do that. Because um, didn't the Veyron, the Veyron was 300 mile an hour, but it wasn't both ways. So Chiron. Average, Chiron, sorry. Yeah, yeah, I always, Chiron, always yeah. say Veyron, but it is a Chiron, yeah. <laughs> it is. Um, which, yeah, I think Chiron was 300. But only one way. Only one way, yeah. exactly. Um, so yeah, so so good on them. Still think it's a weird looking car and I'm not really sure what the point of it is, but but good that they've gone out there and done it. Yeah, so. yeah fair play. Bravo. Now the sort of big hype online uh, this week, or the big noise online, Sorry, last week. I always get my weeks confused. It all blur into one, February doesn't now, it? Mate. I know we're February now. What a thing. Um, M5. CS. Yeah. Officially unveiled. Yes. Now, this is a lighter, more powerful M5. Okay. Still a heavy and powerful M5. Correct. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I think it was... Uh, uh, I should, it's two tonne. Thank you. Um, yeah, still a big car, but this is sort of, you know, the ultimate version of. We're following up from the M2 CS. I'm assuming we're going to have an M3, M4 CS. Oh, we we did for the last generation, yeah. didn't we? So, um, yeah, so M5 CS. Uh, it looked great, launched in sort of gold, oh, sorry, it's green with gold bits. And CS normally comes at the end of a production run, by the way. So okay. an M3 or an M4 CS is a long way off. A long way off. There's a new Go one coming. Um, very impressive. But <laughs> I think the thing that made the most noise for everyone was the price tag. Of course. A hundred and forty thousand pounds. Yeah. I mean, that's a ton of money. It's an awful lot of money. Can you think that you could get a pre-registration normal M5 competition for not far off half that? Still less than a Jaguar Project 8. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean... Uh, when you start talking about these kind of saloon cars at these monies, it's like, like when I was saying a few weeks ago that I'd spec'd up a Panamera to 135 something mm. like that. You know, it's kind of big dick money, isn't it? It's, it's, I don't really care. I mean, if you're spending 140 grand on a big saloon like that, you've got more money than sense, I think. Yeah. 
What could, I mean, there's nothing that competes with it, essentially. Well, Panamera was the closest I could get, yeah. but it's very different, you know, in terms of its performance and what it's going about to do. What I quite love is that the M5 has got basically got sort of racing sports bucket seats in the back. I saw that, yeah. <laughs> Which I think is kind of cool, but a bit mad. I mean, it's one of those cars, I say, apart from the Project 8, which is, again, a step further on from that, it, where does it say? Why are you getting that car? I mean, are you going to track it? Well, let's establish why they've built it. So... Why have they built it? Because how much better can it be than an M5 competition? If they say it's for track, mm-hmm. it's not for track. Because it's huge and heavy. It's too heavy. Yeah. It's too big. Yeah, yeah. In in general, track cars or race cars are light and nimble. So it's not for track, although they might say it's for track. It's not for track. So then it's for the road, where it's going to be more uncomfortable and more inconvenient than the £70,000 cheaper competition. Yeah, I mean, as, that's what I mean. You're slightly mad if you go and buy one, but I also kind of applaud you for doing so. Really? Yeah, because, like, you just don't care, do you? At that point, like, if you're spending that much money on that car, as you say, it's kind of pointless. I kind of think it might be amazing. I love the M5 competition. Me too. Big, big fan of M5. Me too. Uh, and so, you know, this could be better and could be great to drive. I think it will be a bit too stiff. Maybe. How much better can it be for the road? I mean, you know, is yep. it 50% better, 100% better? I mean, it's it's not. It can't. No, increments, isn't it? It's, it's, it's small tiny, increments. It's tiny, mate. Yeah. But it's also badge power. It's the looks. It's the styling. It's what you're getting inside. It's all these different components of all these kind of special, you know, sportier versions and sportier models. I mean, my X3 M40i, I mean, as we've spoken many times before, I could have had the two litre whatever. I mean, I don't need that. But I like the the, you know, the badge and the styling and the noise and the for little sure. bits and bobs. And so I think that's, M5CS is as much about that. You're buying it for the fact that it is the best. It's the ultimate version of that car. It's big, big money. You're not necessarily buying it to go around the Nürburgring, even though I'm sure some people will. Of course. So that's why I kind of applaud it because you, you just don't really care. It's the same people who are buying E63S, Panamera SE Sport Taycan Hybrid, you know, <laughs> sure. like it's it, KN Turbo SE. Yeah, like yeah. the real top top spec, top of the line, totally unnecessary power and everything for 130 grand plus. It's just like bravo. Yeah, I guess, but I mean, uh, I mean, you know, I've buy some cars for 140 grand, mate. Well. Well done for saying that. Really? Tony. What a good segue. Oh, quite good at this now. <laughs> you are a little bit. That is the main chunk of today's episode, we hope. Because um, I think that's the main point. Think of all the other cars you could get for 140 grand that maybe. New may and be, used. New and yeah, used. Yeah. That maybe do the same job as that one car does. So I thought we would just chat now for a little bit and work out what our dream 140K garages could be. You and buy it can two be, cars. Hey, you could buy 10. Yeah. <laughs> it can be new, it can be used. They don't, you can justify whatever you want to justify in terms of how much practicality. Car, how much would each car have to be if you bought 10? 14 grand. Good boy. Well done. You was I was privately pri- educated. I was, private, <laughs> I, I was privately educated. Not particularly well. I failed most of my exams. Did you really? Yeah, no, I wasn't the best student ever. Oh. In my room playing guitar. Do you guitar. want to go out grafting? Well, no, nah. not being a big grafter in my life. Um, I was the creative, so I was in my room. Uh, hands like a bird. I thought if I learned this guitar really well, then then the girls would come flocking. You'd be the next status quo. 
No, mate. No? Not status quo. <laughs> so, so I mean, waited, straight? Waited. No, no, come on, stop dating yourself. Okay. At the time, I was a bit more into, like, metal. Oh, oh. <laughs> when you had dreadlocks? Yeah, Ingrid Malmsteen was, like, kind of a big guy. Because you had hair then? I had hair. Yeah. I, had, I was like Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> it's the Ferrari years. But it's, it did start to go, actually, you know, just after I left school. But anyway, so yeah, I wasn't a great student because I was, I was just really devoted to music at that point in my life. Um, anyway, <laughs> so here's my life story. Let's get back into it. 140 grand. So I'll let you kick off. Just, you can just start with one. This is going to go back and forth because I don't think we're going to settle on dream garages straight away. So what's the first car you think of? If I gave, there you go, you just won 140 grand on Good Morning Britain. What are you, what are you off to buy? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. I am GTR Pro. Oh, but yes, you are. No, the first, first thing it. just comes to my head. Of course, because it's the car you're desperate to buy this well, year. I'm not desperate. Yes, you are. You keep sending me links. No, I'm <laughs> sending you look, one link. Look at this one. You did tag me in a post on Instagram, I though. Did yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, interesting. So, so uh, and where are they at now? 140. Oh, bang on 140. So, yeah, that's yeah. your one car. Bish, bash, bosh, done. That's the car you would take. Well, it's an option, yeah. It's I mean, option. I've got more, but yeah. I think what's good about the GTRs is is they are practical. I mean, they are, you know, you could, that could be a very much a one-car garage and you'd be, you'd be loving your life unless you needed the space. It's it's a great car. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could use it as a daily, to be honest, but... I think it's too, too stiff? Bit too hard, yeah. Mm. Bit of a pain in the ass, practicality-wise. But yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if, it's if, got, yeah. are we calling it a supercar? Yes, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. as far as supercars go, it's very practical. Very practical. Yeah. Um, okay, well, that's an interesting out of the... So my straight out of the bat... Straight out of the bat? Straight out of the bag? Straight out of the bag? I'm not good with... Oh, why am I looking at you? <laughs> <laughs> you looked at me with the blankest expression there. I'm not good with sayings, and I thought you might be able to help me out. Uh, Jaguar Project 7. Well, well, that's not practical. Oh, no, it doesn't, no, it doesn't need to be practical. Five, five, five. But that's like my first... Now, we're going to see there's so many cars in this bracket, but that's like my just my go-to. You give me 140 grand, what I'm after to buy, Project 7. Okay, fine. 
because their dis- their values are all over the place. To be honest, I think I could probably pick up a Project Seven for about one hundred and ten grand and still have thirty grand left over for something else. But for some reason, that's my go-to. And I know a lot of people are going to go, "What about Challenge Stradale? Um But but if I wanted to buy a CS, it's going to be the best CS I could possibly ever find. Red tan leather, right-hand drive, and it's going to be two hundred k. So back off with that. But you could find one. <laughs> back off. Back off. Back off. <laughs> so yeah, Project Seven. That's my go-to. But even then, I don't think personally I could stomach right now spending 140 grand on one car. Okay. So I would split. Right. Now, this is when it gets into the real heebie-jeebies. As we know, I've, all be, I've been looking at Boxer Spiders a lot recently. You have. So that's an 85 grand car. Yeah, yeah. So that leaves me with what? Uh, 60 50, 50, 55 55 thank you <laughs> 55 grand now that's where I then then I'm a bit like what do I do with that 55 grand an SUV RS4 yeah RS4 could be nice um, was yeah. it 718 yeah, yeah RS4 718 Boxer Spider and yeah, RS4 yeah. I mean that's a pretty mega two car garage practical yeah yeah you got the sports car for the everyday weekends and then you got the RS4 for everything else I mean but I'm not in love with that idea. Like, I think that's, that's a cool combination, but I'm not like, wee, that's so exciting. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, you're still sticking with your uh, AMG GTR Pro over there? Well, I thought of another one. Go on. 600 LT. Oh, my God. Hello, new age of liking McLaren again. Well, no, I just like that's, that's a great car for 140 grand. An unbelievable car. I mean, I think they're less now, aren't they? What did that collecting cars one go for the other day? Yeah, yeah. I mean, they might even be like 130 or 135, but yeah. What a car. Put an exhaust on it. Put an exhaust on it? Why does <laughs> it need an exhaust on it? <laughs> <laughs> that's what you'd spend your cash on. Yeah. I mean, that is a mega, mega car. And could you even get an LT Spider? Oh, not quite. Not I think quite. they're 150 still. Still, think they're sometimes a little bit overlooked, the 600 LTs. Yeah, yeah. I think because they just, I mean, they obviously lost a ton of cash. They'll do that again, though. And they, sorry, they went to that again. No, no, no. no. I, I think that, I think you're pretty solid at a 130 odd mark uh, for a uh, while. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's a, that's a lot of car for that money. But if you're talking about supercars, because you're definitely sticking on the kind of one car supercar, what's the, you're spending all the budget. I'm like, how can I split this up? I think sub 150k these days, you can get tons. I mean, we're talking 458. 488. You think you can get 488? Sub 150k? With some miles on it, yeah. Coupe, unbelievable. What was that um, F12 I sent the other day? Yeah. 139? Yeah, it? yeah, they've come back a bit, haven't they? Unbelievable for an F12. So actually at the weekend, I popped out to go for a little walk with, with Twiggy and uh, Red 812 Superfast pulled up in the park, car park. And clearly it was a mate showing off to his mate or something like that. And uh, they swapped, swapped driver's seats. So I don't know if he just bought it or whatever, but they swapped seats. And they pulled out and buried the throttle. Really? Oh my God. I mean, this was like two degrees. They go in a straight line or? It was a little bit of a, <laughs> a little bit of a wiggle. A little bit of a moment. Oh my God, it sounded good. I mean, everyone looked up. Yeah, of course. Everyone. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. just And just went for it. And came back and I was kind of, you know, eavesdropping because why not? And he obviously just had an F12. Oh, F12 sounded a bit the same. No, mate, this sounds so much better than the F12. And it did look good. I mean, it was very, very good. Very cool car. But made me think that actually F12 could now start to become quite a bargain because... They are a bargain. It's 75% of the car, I would say. I mean, I think A12 is a big step forward, but it, it's not night and day from an F12. No. And if no, you no, no. 100, less than 150k for an F12 V12 Ferrari... 
But then I start to look at FFs at 85.90. Can you get GT4 Lusso for 140? I bet you could. I'm going to get a V8 one. I bet you mm. could. Because, you know, then you're getting practicality, Ferrari badge, supercar. Like you, you're ticking a lot of boxes. Oh, my there. God, I just thought one. Go on. New Continental. Mate, that's a really good car. I nearly fainted. I've been staring at their prices <laughs> for two years now. <laughs> Drop! Um, no, that, that they are that money. They I'm are thought, that money. Yeah. And the problem is they're sticking at that money. What? Even the old shapes, the, the last and the really nice last gen, they're still like 80, 90 grand. Yeah, of course. Which is impressive because they drop a ton in the first like year or two years. They drop like a hundred grand in the first year. First two years. First yeah. two years. Yeah. And then they just kind of settle. Yeah, because they're then a car that was over 200 grand that's now at 130, 140. I mean, it's like unbelievable. But very good. That is a gr- in compared to an M5 CS, I actually think that's a great comparison because the Bentley, you're getting more badge grandiose. It's Bentley. Mm. I think it's better looking. Still got four seats. Mm. The M5 CS has got four seats, two of them in the back are just as silly as the, as the Bentleys. You might have a little bit more space, yeah, a lot more space, but they're going to be super bucket seats. I reckon on track, the Bentley and the M5 CS. Close. May, yeah, I would say close. And a lot of people go, you're mad, it's BMW, it's M, that's fantastic. But, but actually, I think it would be closer than you really, think. Very that good. Bentley's very, very good nowadays. Yeah. You've got a lot more luxury. Oh, mate, all day long. You'd have Loads of boot space. Yeah, yeah. What a car. One day. One day I will own one of those. Really? Oh, I just need one. I just, <laughs> I, I just, you know, I have this kind of weird Drooling. dream for an alternate life where, you know, we pack up shop and I move to Bulgaria or, <laughs> you know, I move, I move to Austria. I don't know, just some, somewhere. And I buy, and I was going to get myself a brown on brown Panamera GTS. Well, don't bring it back to me. I'm not saying that. <laughs> just, to, just to drive around Europe. In. And then I thought, actually, you know what? I'm, I'm, let's get the Bentley. The problem with the Bentley is though, you can't go into Romania with the Bentley because you, you won't leave with the Bentley. You'll leave with, well, You're hopefully leaving. your luggage. <laughs> you know. Leaving the boat with the yeah. Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, Romania. Yeah. Uh, I think we're like number one podcast. In Romania. Oh, yeah. Sorry, guys. Um, but yeah, so... That's why, like the Bentley thing. If I if I really like packed it all in, sold the three sixty, moved out of the studio, stop. I just buy a Bentley. Fair, it's just done. It'd suit you a Bentley, actually. It would fair. suit me so Absolutely much. Absolutely suit you, don't agree. Wafting around with yeah. a big Acropovich exhaust. Um, so it. I <laughs> I'm gonna get back to the splits because I, whilst whilst there are tons of amazing supercars and sports cars, up no, I'll do a split in a minute. Okay, um, I think I also had my eyes opened by that five fifty Barquetta experience the other day, and I was looking at five seven five. Marinello's because I just like it's a little bit more edgy and it's you know a bit more me and they're still 90 odd grand so that's that's my Ferrari box ticked and that's still leaving me with with 50 to play with that's the bit I struggle with because if I start doing the sort of 80 90 grand sports car which I think there were just as many so what do you spend the 50 on what's a good like at the minute what joking I know there's lots of choice but what like go on if you had 50 grand what would you go and buy today New shape X5. I've got one today now. You do, and that is good looking. That'd be a nice upgrade for me. Three litre diesel M Sport with everything. And Can I come look at the interior? On that you're afterwards? more than welcome. It's just a, mm. it's just a nicer place That's to sit it. than your yeah. X3. It's very similar. A bit more kit. A bit more kit on it, yeah. But, mate, what a car that is for late 40s, 50 grand. You're so... Because there are lots. I mean, even the M340i Touring is kind yeah. of in that money. Am I sitting... 
sorry guys if my microphone's been a bit off. I feel like I've been sitting to the side of it all week, uh, all, all day. Um, yeah, that, cause that's what you're doing, right? If you're going the 50 grand, you're just gonna get something practical. I mean, you could just go and get a GR Yaris. <laughs> Got to be an SUV, really, at that point, if it's going to be practical. So, so I'd have one of them. M5. No, no, no. X5. The X5. Sorry, yeah. X5. 30D. Sure, just nice one. Yeah, yeah, 50 grand's worth. Sure. And um, 992. Oh! Nice, nice, 140. So, in a couple of weeks, I'm getting the manual 992. Not interested. Really? No. Why not? Too fast. Too fast in Carrera S format. Fast that car, mate. You're joking. What do you mean too fast, though? It's just too too fast. You can't keep up. You're not good at shifting. No, I can shift perfectly fine. It's just the the car's too fast for a... It's like I always say about... People always say to me, what do you think of GC3 in a manual? It's too fast. Too fast for a manual gearbox. Too much power. GT3 Touring's ideal. Yeah, but GT3 Touring's a bit more softer and and not... Yeah, same power, Oh, no, it's not. It's slightly less. A bit less, yeah. I, I see where you're going with this, and we'll find out in a couple of weeks when I have a go. In, that in 992 car, in a straight line would be faster than the GT3, by the way, as well. I think it's only 450 horsepower, but it's got loads of torque and a really clever gear. But the point being, you're more involved, right? It's more engaging with the manual box. So it's not always about out and out speed. On the road, yeah, manuals can be... Yeah, but I always think anything kind of over 400, 450, that, mm. I, I always think there should be auto because then they're kind of getting a little, you're moving on, mate. You, you, you're brisk at that point, especially for a B-road. Like, do you want to keep changing gear? I know it's more engaging, but mm. like. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think for me, there's a, maybe not always power, but age. I think, you know. I I do not mind an older single clutch or automated gearbox. Like it do, doesn't upset me that gives much. Gives a bit of character. Gives a bit of character. Yeah. So Chantradali, for example, I'd always just keep with the F1 box. I don't yeah. need a, a manual Chantradali. But there's, I'm also I do prefer anything that's maybe five, six, seven years old in a manual. Whilst the brand new stuff, I'm kind of with you, which is why I'm intrigued by what this 992 is going to be like in mm. manual form. Um, the ten year old stuff as well wasn't. As quick, so I agree. You know, mm. like like an old nine nine seven Carrera S manual, mm-hmm. three hundred and fifty horsepower. You can have a manual; it's fine, and mm-hmm. you wouldn't want a Tiptronic either because it was awful. But, but yeah, you know, I can think of loads of examples. That's why hot hatches are good in manuals, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's exactly. perfect. It's enough power. You don't want an automatic Abarth. No, no, no. Disaster. You ruin it. Yeah. Okay, so you would get a, does a Carrera S and an X five. I think that's quite a good shout. That is a pretty good shout. I mean... be sensible. Two new cars. Yeah. X5 is such an interesting one. So on my X3, and we're going a little bit off topic here now, um, somebody called me up the other day, my X3 is still worth a ton of money. Yeah, yeah. They've held really, really well. Mm. It was actually the guy from BMW who's been like, do you want to get out of it? (laughs) And I don't know if that's because they need the stock or... They need the stock, yeah. So I was a bit like, yeah. I mean, as great as it's been, I'm a bit like... Hey, if I can get my money back, screw it. Like or close, yeah, or yeah. close enough. Yeah, like yeah. I started thinking about that, and then, and then I was like, "Oh, what will I actually get?" Because I really, but I looked at the X Five, and I sort of imagine being like, "Can I swap it for an X Five? Like, because they're nice, aren't they? And it's weird. I think I would find it too similar. I think it'd be too samey, samey. Well, they they really drive down the road really nice now. Mm. The new X Five. I mean, the the one that I've got as well has got air suspension, so Ooh. it literally drives like a Range Rover Sport. Deluxe. And I was going to say Range Rover. Ah, Sport. that's what I was about to jump in on. Yeah, but. But if 
I mean, a, a, an X5 won't break. I mean, a, there's quite a good chance a Range Rover will. Can we speak quickly about the Defender we 90 can, at yeah. Rovens? Because <laughs> I was going to come in, my, my next shot was going to be Defender 90. It's like a 50 grand, like, boggo spec. Um, and then leave myself the 90 um, for... 911. The, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I was going to get 991 GT3. Yeah, good show. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, point yeah. with the Gen One, yeah, but yeah. but <laughs> recently popped up on Romans International's website. They had the Defender ninety. Is it XP four hundred or P four hundred X? Or P four hundred X? P four. So this is the like super legit, top rated, like big balls Defender that I think list is seventy four grand. Or something? Plus options. Plus options. Okay, fine, fair enough. So it's as crazy as you can go for a Defender. I think in ninety it's, form. It, it, yeah, it's uh, it, it's ninety grand and a bit more. Well, that's what they've listed it as. Yeah, but but that won't be a lot over list. Oh, really? No, that won't be like fifteen grand or ten grand over list. I bet it's only five over or something. Oh well, fair play because I was a bit cru- cruel. I just assumed that Romans were taking the piss. No, 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 no. Uh. That'll just be that'll just that. I bet I bet that's eighty-five grand list, and it's including that by the way. It's good value. It's not good value. <laughs> what are you on about that? No, to me, I was fuming because I was like, and what what annoyed me more is somebody DM me, and I'm so sorry to call you out on this, saying why are you like shocked and upset, like 92 grand for a Defender. It's like, it's a great car. Oh, it's not actually that good. Well, it is, but it's not a, the world has gone mad when we're charging nearly a hundred grand, just 40 grand less than the M5 CS. For a Defender, you've got to remember where the Defender sits in Land Rover's product lineup and also the world. This is supposed to be a utility vehicle, a, a rugged SUV for the everyday farmer or soccer mum. Um, you know, this is not a luxury product. This should not be priced more than a Range Rover. But it's priced more than the current Range Rover. The new one will be even more. So that, fine. So that's the old Range Rover now, basically, because there's going to be a new one coming. But to me, not only is this a bit like taking the piss, uh. but secondly, it's JLR, Jaguar Land Rover, messing up their strategy because it's already confusing. Why would you get a Velar instead of a Sport? Why would you get an Evoque instead of a Velar? Why would you get a Defender instead of a Discovery? Why would you get a Discovery Sport instead of a Range Rover Sport? There's All of their models merge and overlap each other and made even worse by the fact that the pricing is completely overlapped too. Because at, as a Defender 90, P400 length, at 90 grand, what's the logic over that? Why, what, why not then just get a Range Rover for less that's theoretically got the similar capabilities? Well, you do realise they can offer all these models because they're all basically the same. They all share the same. So yeah, they can kind of it doesn't cost them that much more okay the defender is a completely different car so take that out but a lot of the other stuff mate they all share and use the same components but do you not think you start to cannibalize your own market in the sense that in the harry's garage harry metcalf video review of the defender i'm pretty sure he said that the range rover the current range rover has a better weighing depth than the old defender something that wasn't shared that often for a reason for a reason yeah now if I was going to a Land Rover dealer today and I had 85, 90 grand to spend and I thought, oh yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to go get a Defender. And someone goes to me, well, actually, sir, for that price, you could get this beautiful Range Rover with this luxury, this equipment, and you could still take this off-roading. I'm going to go, well, screw the Defender, I'll pick the Range Rover. And if enough people do that, suddenly the Defender's a car that doesn't sell or well, vice versa. Yeah, but, but 
the Range Rover, although you can and it's very capable, same with the Sport, can be used off-road, very rarely gets used off-road, mm-hmm, whereas mm-hmm. a Defender and a Discovery, they do, and the kids beat them up, and, and they are a lot more rugged inside than, I mean, you wouldn't want to put your kids in a Sport or a Range Rover. I, I get the theoretical mentality behind it. I understand where the products are supposed to lie, but I just think there's too much overlap in the Land Rover household. But I think there's too much overlap in every manufacturer, mate. They all, I mean, look at Mercedes. How many SUVs do they do now? I mean, what's that B, B thing they do? There's, there's a B thing? No, no. It's, <laughs> it, is it, it's not a B class. It's a GLB. GLB. I mean, that sits in between the GLA and the GLC. But it's bigger. I mean, I, I, I mate... Where does, I, mean, I don't understand. Where do, what's that for? And I guess the point being, to, you know, just just make, as in like, you know, make them in case someone buys them. Type thing. I mean, like some, I don't know. I just confuse, it just baffles me. Like it, it, it just confuses me and baffles me as to which car I should be choosing. And maybe the point being that I've got choice. So therefore, when I walk into that Land Rover dealership, I'm going to buy some kind of Land Rover product rather than going across the road to Audi and picking myself up an SQ5. Yeah. You know, because I've got, I can get a Velar and I can get a range of a Sport. And, for 60 grand, I've got six different models to choose from. But they all do it as well. Like, if you if you look even the, the comparison between an X3 and an X5, there's not a huge difference no. between, the, between the pair of them. So if you're a customer, you think, oh, like, what do I do here? You know, and then you've got the X7, then you've got the X2. But the, the, point, the point being, from, from my personal point of view, I see that as, okay, X3, X5, X7. It's size and equipment, right? X2, like, like, X1. X2 and X1, fine. So, you know, we're, we're increasing in size, increasing yeah. in equipment, increasing in luxuries. Yeah. Now, what they don't have is the Y3, the Y5, and the where Land Rover, you go and you go, right, you've got the Velar, the Sport, the v- Vogue, right? There's your three Range Rover sizes. But literally, parked next to them, you've got Discovery Sport, Discovery. Then you've got a Defender, then you've got an Evoke. But they're then, Land Rovers, they're not Range Rovers. It's all in the same room. Well, it's all in the you know I mean? so right that, that, That's the point. Yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. So, so that's where I think it's there's too much overlap. I, I do get it. And I know if we had Land Rover in here, someone from the, they would explain where all these models sit and fit and the different ideology and who they're targeting. I get that. But I think sometimes it's a little bit overwhelming, especially when a Defender can cost 90 grand. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, Mine's gone back. I cancelled the old one, mine. Really? Yeah. Oh my God, the one that didn't work. It's broken. <gasps> it, they couldn't fix it. Uh, well, they said they couldn't fix it. Then they did fix it. And then I said, no, I'll have my money back. And I'd ordered a, a commercial one. I cancelled that as well. Oh, wow. So yeah, I can't be bothered with them now. See, now I add, this is the thing which I'm hearing is these whispers of electronic gremlins with the new Defender. Yeah. Which would be a shame if that's what starts to happen because- yeah. Cool car. It did, very cool. And I really, really liked it, to be fair. And I was really excited. And then I just got a bit pissed off. And the salesman made me laugh, actually, because it's typical salesman chat. So when I bought the car, I said, he's all right, these. Like, have you heard anything? Because I didn't heard anything, really. And he said, no, yeah, it's good as gold. (laughs) Never really had any problems at all. And then when there was a problem, he said, to be fair, there is quite a few problems with these. (laughs) (laughs) For what? unbelievable. You told me last week they're all right. (laughs) (laughs) Just to land you and uh, and all of your colleagues in it. Uh, 
<laughs> I had a friend who's not really, he likes his cars, but he doesn't know anything about cars. Yeah. He's shopping for a classic Range Rover, an uh, old, you know, 90s one. And he said he called up the guy who was selling it because, uh, hello, I'm inquiring about the classic Range Rover. <laughs> oh, yeah, all right, mate. All right. He goes, uh, can you tell me, is it good? <laughs> is it a good one? <laughs> the guy goes, of course it is. The guy goes, yeah. He goes, great. Thank you. Because <laughs> he said, I didn't know what to ask. So I said, is it, is it, is it a good one? Uh, yeah. The guy's not going to go, nah, mate, it needs a ton of work. Like, I said, you plonker. I wouldn't know what to ask with those cars either, but you know, I'd probably try and ask a little bit more than, is it, a good one? Yeah. is it a good one? Um, well, okay, so all we've established is that uh, <laughs> there are a million options that you could get instead of an M5 CS, including a £90,000 Defender. And I think it would almost be too hard to choose. And I think I would get FOMO. I think whatever I settled on, I would then be stressing because I'd see something else the next week and think, oh, I'd want that instead. Oh, man. Which is probably why I would split my money. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even, we haven't even touched on half the cars. I mean, you buy free cars for hundred and forty. Buy a Wraith. You could, you could buy a 90 grand Rolls Royce Wraith. Yeah, you can buy a Wraith. But what I'm saying is, is that if, you know, you could easily split your money free ways and by free you could buy a hot hatch something luxury and something sporty for for easily that money so comment below uh, what, what would you what would what your you? 140 grand garage be yeah but do you now see why I'm kind of applauding the person that does just go and push all their money into an M5 CS no I'm not because no. <laughs> I'm just like yeah but they're so genius like, well done you're completely mad and I sort of really applaud it uh, anyway I think that will bring an end to today's episode a slightly shorter episode this week um, but there's not a lot going on in the automotive world at the moment so we're just holding off while some more news trickles through feels like maybe there's light at the end of the tunnel here in the UK for some restrictions ending over the next few months or easing. Let's not say ending, let's say easing. So maybe come spring, we can start to do some, put some exciting plans in place. Yeah. Uh, patrons, those of you that are, are listening, uh, thank you for tuning in as always. Thank you for supporting. Um, some updates coming to the patron page this week. So stay tuned on there. If you don't regularly check it, make sure you check it out towards the end of the week just to see a few updates. As we mentioned at the beginning, if you're watching on YouTube, please, please, please give this episode a thumbs up. Even if you didn't enjoy it, even if you're like, this is the worst episode these guys have ever done. Give it a thumbs up anyway, because as I say, it just helps people discover. Well, they normally the tend podcast. to like these these chats, the normal off the cuff, off, chat. off the cuff yeah. chats. Um, and then yeah, subscribe if you if Please. you if yeah, we would really appreciate that. <laughs> if you don't have an account, fine. I like, don't set up an account just to subscribe to us. <laughs> no, We're set not, up an account. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, if you're listening, keep listening on whatever audio platform you're listening with, and we'll be back with you uh, next week. Adios. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.